Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond, number 747 for Thursday, October 12th, 2022. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Dan Morin. Dan, you probably know him, but he is the author of the Galactic Cold War series of sci-fi espionage capers, a former senior editor at Macworld, a writer for Six Colors and Tidbits, amongst other publications, and a prolific podcaster as co-host of Clockwise and The Rebound. But I'm not having him on to talk about any of that. Dan is a very recent father, and I'd like to find out from him, what is the latest in baby tech? Welcome to the show, Dan. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I almost remember how to do all of these things I could do before I had a child. <laughs> well, I would like to point out to the audience, if Dan nods off at some point, I'm just going to, just everybody just sit here quietly. We'll let him get some much needed sleep. And then when he wakes up, we'll just continue with that. <laughs> just back, back out of the room quietly, trying not to step on any squeaky floorboards and just let me... Let me chill out for a oh, little they, bit. Oh, they will still catch you as you just I know, the every time. last little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I spent the weekend with uh, two babies and trying to get them to sleep. Oh, my, oh my goodness. God. It, it will oh, be interesting you... to see what the baby tech is uh, today that you used and what, what you mm -hmm. found useful and what you thought was, you know, I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's so much, right? I mean, I think it is it, technology pervades every corner of our life, so it's no surprise that there's a lot of stuff in the baby tech department that people want to uh, either convince you will solve your problems <laughs> or uh, make your life easier in some way. And sometimes, uh, as it's the way with technology, it just makes it more complicated. <laughs> I'm sure it all makes it easier. Well, let's uh -huh. start. Let's start mm -hmm. before the baby. Did you and your wife use any kind of apps for period tracking to help with conception? Um, did you have to make decisions on which apps to trust with this kind of sensitive data? Or did you use the tried and true method that I used, which was a, thermostat, a, a thermometer with a quadril pad in 1986? I, you know, my wife handled a lot of that end of it um, because, you know, I think she's accustomed to tracking that as many women are. And um, I think we ended up not really using anything too technological. I mean, there might've been like a calendar notification, you know, like calendar uh, event or something like that, just to mark <laughs> when, when certain periods might be. But, um, you know, I, as since then, obviously Apple's released the, uh, what was it? The series eight Apple watch, which has the sort of, was it, I'm trying to remember how they call it like retrospective, um, ovulation tracking or something where it's like, we think, yeah. I, you may have ovulated. <laughs> it, well, I, I looked at that and I know a lot of people were concerned going, well, wait a minute, what good is it to tell me that I did ovulate? You need to tell me before because it's a couple of days before and after that really right. matter. Um, but that's exactly what you get when you're taking your temperature and using a quadril pad. Right. You're getting that retroactive information. So it's not like Apple just didn't know how to do it. That's the only information you have is you, you're at yeah. the tail end of the sweet spot, basically. But, yeah. you know, yeah. that's all they can do. Um, but yeah, it is. A, I think it that sort of made an end run around the idea of being, um, you know, worried about security and privacy, right? Because you know, if it's something that's on your Google Calendar, you can call it whatever you want. Nobody has to know what that is, and that information is not available to anyone. So, as opposed to using an app that's specifically designed for something, where by just by the virtue of using that app, it might, you know, give away something uh, or some details or you know, compromise your privacy, right? Like, I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure, if even if you just have an ovulation app or something that's you know handles ovulation on the home screen of your phone that could be considered an uh a privacy problem if you hand your phone to somebody right like in their family and they're like oh i noticed you have that app on your phone you know so i i think we just sort of ended up going with a very uh, simple method of, of handling it that's sort of sort of low tech 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I, what I do like is that this conversation is in the foreground now. I've heard podcasts with men describing what the Apple Watch could do and not once giggling or acting like seven-year-olds. You know, it's just become... It's <laughs> oh, become, we've come a long way. That's uh, good. Uh, yeah, I think you're like nine now, so that's good. Exactly. But, uh, right. <laughs> but no, I, I do like that it's become something that people can say out loud without blushing. And, you know, it's just this is just something that, that people are interested in doing. And so let's have it as an app. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think it was great of Apple to um, target that use case as a feature on the Series 8, right? Because it's not to say you couldn't do other things with that kind of temperature gauging, but that certainly seems like something that's very useful. And Apple has taken fire in the past for not, you know, sort of adequately addressing women's health needs. It took a long time for cycle tracking to show up in the health app. And I think they, you know... Given the male-dominated nature of the tech industry, it's no surprise that, like, you know, that was something that felt like it was sort of backburnered. But it's nice to see it moved into the forefront and everybody just agreeing, like, hey, this is just a health thing, like yeah, any other you thing that you're this? tracking. Yeah, 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 exactly. I always wonder with the chicken and the egg, the male-dominated tech industry, is it because it's not inclusive or is it not inclusive because it's male-dominated? You know, you get into that spiral and as you make it more inclusive, then... I think the balance comes in. So I like yeah, that. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about something you probably did use. You've got to be monitoring that baby at every single moment, staring at it, uh, at them to find out whether they're sleeping or not. Right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, constantly. Um, there were a lot of options doing this. And I, I did some research and looked into some options. And I think, you know, going into it innately, I would have thought like, oh, yeah, something where I can check from my phone, right? And like, that seems so convenient. I always have my phone on me. That's very easy. Um, I could just have an app. And I'm sure, you know, I even have like some Wi-Fi, you know, cameras that I could use for that. But the more research I did, and the more I thought about it, we came back to the same issue we just discussed, which is privacy. And there is a ton of stuff out there about the security vulnerabilities in these kind of internet-connected cameras. It is actually a really big worry, um, you know, because the information on it is so sensitive and so personal. You know, you've got your kid on a, on a camera. You don't want anybody to be able to hack into those feeds. But that is something that has happened in a lot of cases. So... I went for another, I won't say low-tech exactly, but I went for another simpler solution. Um, we bought a monitor by Eufy, who does make smart home tech stuff like cameras, um, but it's called the SpaceView Pro. And what I like about it is that it is literally, it's just an RF-based, there's a camera that you plug in and you can mount it on the wall, which is what we've done. And it, there's a monitor unit and it's just radio frequency. So the camera talks to the monitor, monitor talks to the camera. That's it. You can, but it's great. It's got, you know, infrared, it's got sound, it's got, um, you know, it can, it can even just set sound thresholds, which is something I like so that you can turn the, the screen off. And then if it hears a sound that passes a certain threshold, it will light up. So you're like, Oh no, the, you know, as soon as it lights up, we're always like, Oh no, the kid's awake again. Um, so in that sense, it's li a little lower tech than you might think from something that's very like internet enabled, but it is a, you know, probably a natural outgrowth of kind of the classic audio only monitor. I was, uh, I was talking with my friend, uh, David Sparks, uh, well-known Mac productivity fella. And he was talking about how he was, you know, talking to somebody, I don't know if it was kid, his kid or not, but like about the video monitors is like, oh, well. When you were a kid, you know, when we had you, we just used the old audio monitors and that was good enough for us. And he's like, and then I stopped and thought, if I told that to like my parents, they would probably just be like, we left the doors open, you know, like, 
So <laughs> there is something interesting or, or about how parents, what we <laughs> our parents kept the doors closed so they couldn't oh, hear it. Let's be let's be serious. Let's, that solves a different kind of problem too, right? Like it's all the end, yeah, all the same ends. But yeah, I think that there is a um, you know what we are used to, what we are sort of like treating as sort of the uh, standard. It evolves and changes, and I think a lot of people consider video monitors kind of the de facto right now. But like, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, as with so many things in baby related stuff does that make it better if it's now you can see when they're awake as opposed to just when you're hearing i don't know it's been convenient but i think for me the biggest feature of it is uh the infrared camera at night lets us figure out where in the crib the pacifier is before we go in and (laughs) blindly root around trying to find it i think uh i've seen with my uh son and daughter-in-law when their baby still was on a uh was on a pacifier that there was also the part where you sit there watching, hoping they find it. When they get a little bit yes, older, they can right. find it. And so you're like, oh, that's oh, amazing. Come on, come on, go up, go up a little, a little. No, 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 to the right, to the right. No, don't roll over. You know? And so it's, it's sort a sport. of yeah. yeah, it's a sport. And then you find out whether you have to go in or not, because your, your desire is never to open that door. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You bring up RF, and there's another big advantage to that kind of monitor. Uh, we did uh, went to a, an Airbnb during the pandemic with uh, just our family, where we just mm. hunkered down in one place with a pool and beer, and that was that was fantastic. <laughs> but we watched my son trying to connect the baby monitor up to the mm. Wi-Fi, and they just just ended up having a world of hurt. So so they, yeah. they ordered from Amazon without leaving the house. Still, they ordered an RF only one, and that's the one they use. Because it's like yeah. you just plug it in, and you know what? That thing always works. It just always there's no pairing. Works. There's no network joining. Like it really is like you turn it on because it's essentially just like a little TV, you know. And like mm-hmm. that works. That works great. I honestly, I agree. I think the simplicity of it is one of its virtues. It is just so dead simple to use that I find like you know I could easily take this to something like you know my parents' house if they wanted to watch the kid hook it up and just be like just press this button to check and turn it turn it on press this yeah. button to turn it off that's it and and what benefit do you get from all the other faffing about uh my daughter has one and i should have remembered the name of it it was a company i interviewed at ces and then she uh i ended up getting one and gave it to her and uh it's uh it has some big advantages it is a wi-fi enabled web connected uh, device but it watches the baby and it, it gives you information about what's going on. You'll, you'll get something mm. telling you the baby is awake. The baby is crying. The baby is not crying, but <laughs> is awake. And, and they also, oh, Kubo, that's who it is, C-U-B-O. Okay. And they, uh, they also get cute little videos. It'll say, we captured this cute video of your kid because they caught the baby smiling. And so it does give you some more fun. I can't decide if I like that or if it's creepy, though. That's like right on the edge for me. Like, it is cool, but it's like at the same time, do I want your baby is smiling? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what was creepy was when she put me on it at the beginning when we set it up, I had access to it. And then we forgot to take me off. And so I'm getting like video of her husband with the baby in the morning. It's like, whoa, I'm really invading your privacy right now. I don't want that. I called her up. The best part about the... uh, the best part about the night mode cameras is always the moment where your child looks like a demon because oh, all you see yeah. are the black eyes and you're like, oh, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. There is a big advantage to the infrared, that's for sure. Yeah, right. Well, I like it. I like it. The the uh, old tech. Now, well, where are you? Where do you sit on sound machines? Do you like to give the baby white noise or are you going to let them learn how to live through dogs barking and trains and whatever? What kind of, I mean, early on, the kid would sleep through pretty much anything. So, uh, but we did have a night where it seemed like the the white noise 
was really in every parent is going to have this night if you don't have kids you will have this <laughs> night um where the kid just wasn't seem to go to sleep and you're trying to figure out what to do and i think i i pulled up the iphone has the ability to do white noise within um as an accessibility feature it has oh. background noises and so okay. I, in a in a in a blind panic opened the thing and just started playing it on the phone and we spent maybe two or three nights with just my phone on the nightstand like all <laughs> night playing white noise <laughs> just being like oh god anything and it seemed to work enough that we we're like all right we should invest in something a little bit nicer and what we uh, landed upon was this thing called the hatch rest um oh, which is a yeah it's pretty good it is a um basically bluetooth speaker slash nightlight so um it, you, you pair your phone with it um, via Bluetooth, and then it has it can be set to a variety of different colors. So, like you can set it to you know any color you want. It's got like LEDs in it, and then it has like I don't remember nine, twelve different sounds. You know, waves and white noise and uh, birds and all that stuff. And so you can sort of cycle through that, and you can create presets, which is really nice. And then what I'm looking forward to when the kid is a little older is it also lets you set like a a schedule program so at certain times it would go in like all right change to this color this sound so you can do the sort of um wake sleep thing right when the kids get a little older and say like oh when the when it's green you can get up when it's red you have to stay in bed or something like that that so, actually uh, I think, really works yeah my grandson i know forms. i've heard and i'm very excited for it yeah yeah you're 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 like four <laughs> years away from it working but, i know uh, it's a long time <laughs> long time but it does work really now and we've we've created a couple little presets like we have one that we put uh, like when we put the kid down for a nap we use one that's got like waves and a nice blue soothing color and then at night we have just one that's white noise with a red light so you can still see a little bit in the dark without ruining your night vision um and it's not too bright in the room and you can adjust the intensity of it and like it's pretty good i think my only complaint about it is that it's nice that it uses bluetooth because again that sort of makes an end run around some of the security issues with wi-fi but I would love to have like Siri integration with it. It's the one thing I miss in this. I would love to be able to say, you know, Oi Telephone, turn the hatch to this, you know, the the nighttime preset or something. And instead, it does have like a little um, touch capacitive ring on the top that you can use to like hold and turn it on or off. And then it can cycle through like presets that you've created. And then you can adjust it via the app. But like sometimes you don't want to pull out your phone and be like, oh, I've got a bright phone now in this room and I got to pick my preset. So it's Bluetooth. So you could do it from your phone remotely, though. Outside. Yeah, yeah. You so sometimes if we remember... Yeah, and if I remember, like, on the way up, like, to the room, sometimes you'll have my wife turn it on or something like that. But it would just, we do a lot of our light stuff in the house already with smart home tech with Siri. And so it would be lovely if we could do that. I looked into doing a bridge at one point, but it's because it's Bluetooth, it just gets a little complicated. So I do think they make a higher-end Wi-Fi version, um, but it's not something that I'm really, like, yeah, I'm not... I'm not running out to get it quite yet, but I like this one so far and it's very affordable too. It's like 70 bucks. So like it's, you know, won't break the bank either. That's nice. I, I do like the, uh, I do like the low price. It is funny. Cause at this point, if, if the thing that allowed your child to sleep was the sound of a squid squealing, you would play that sound. <laughs> <laughs> I would grow to love it. That's the thing. Yeah. You would just be like, ah, the squid squealing. I remember it well. 
<laughs> well, to bring up another uh, thing that I found at CES was the uh, Willow the Willow wearable breast pump, which allows a woman to just basically put it on under her clothes and and uh, pump milk without being tied up to a large contraption with a bunch of wires and cables and tubes and stuff. And uh, and it was a godsend for both my daughters, uh, my daughter and daughter in law. Did did your husband or to your husband? Did your wife use anything like that, or is she or is she not? Yeah, did, uh, for a little while was doing some pumps. Um, we used one, I think, called the Spectra, which is not again, it still is more of an old school, like it's got the, the tubes and everything. But it was nice in that it is portable. It's got a battery in it. So you could carry it around with you. You could go to different rooms. You don't have to worry about like plugging it in everywhere. Oh, that's good. Uh, and it's very, it's very quiet, too, which is one of the other nice things about it is like, you know, you could use it and do something else and it wouldn't be like you're constantly bothered by a loud pump running or something like that. So, so when we did do free? it, that was very convenient. Hands-free? Yes. It uh, could be, I mean, with a you know the right sort of uh, accoutrements or whatever, you could <laughs> configure it to be hands-free, but the it was not harnesses. like necessarily. Yes. Well, yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, that that turned out to be pretty handy for the time that we actually used it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm a huge believer in that. I mean, that uh, one of them actually would do it while commuting to work. So instead of right, that being yeah. dead time where they couldn't do anything, you know, where they were stuck and couldn't do anything in the office or whatever, they could get it taken care of going home and going to work. And that's, that's, a, huge that's a huge time deal. sink for sure. So like it's it's something that I think any any way to make easier and make it less something that just occupies so much of your time is a big advantage. Yeah. It's going to sound like I get everything from CES, but here's another one. When I was at CES a few years ago, I found a thing called the Owlet, which was a little Mm -hmm. sock you put on a baby's foot, and it watches for uh, respiration uh, and the idea to prevent sudden infant death syndrome. I'm curious whether you use anything like that, any sort of tools, or are you staring at the camera to see if they're breathing? You know... It's funny. The other week I watched, uh, I was watching a TV show in which a character has a very young, like infant child. And then they have like that moment where, you know, the alarm goes off and like they, oh no, you know, it's like happened. And then it turns out like the baby has, the sock came off. And that, that was the moment where I'm like, I'm actually glad that we don't use this because I feel like the anxiety induced for me of either checking it or like the moment where you get that sort of like false positive and you're like, oh no, and then it's, everything's fine. But like, I, I'm going to have a heart attack. Someone's going to need to resuscitate me. Like, I just, I, to me, that is the moment where like, there's a lot of discussion about how much, you know, data and how much monitoring is too much, right? Like, and, and this came up a lot actually during pregnancy and, and, um, and during delivery, like, because there's a lot of a school of thought now where things like um, continuous monitoring of the heartbeat of the of the baby during delivery is actually can be um, linked to in some cases not as good outcomes because people keep coming in every time the mon- the monitors are not great and they move oh, and yeah, the baby yeah. moves and then it causes a false positive which may cause people making interpretations about the state of that baby that is not accurate and thus ending up with more like invasive procedures or stuff that is detrimental because the data is bad right and so I think it's a similar situation in some days like it's certainly worthwhile to try and prevent you know SIDS that it's very scary for every parent um, but I I worry sometimes about the use of technology in this department because I think it is something where it can be an over-reliance on it um, in the same way that I think, you know, a lot of com- companies, tech companies have sort of monetized the idea of like security theater, right? Amazon will like mm-hmm. wants to sell you a million different video cameras and a drone that flies around your house and tells you if somebody's broken in. It's like, okay, guys, like, is it really, <laughs> is it really that 
that big an issue or are you just making me think it is so that I'll run out scared and buy all your equipment? Um, so I think it's cool. Cats with them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think, again, technology, if it can if it can accurately do that, but I worry about the false positives. Granted, a false positive, not as bad as a false negative, right? Like you, when it, if it doesn't catch something, but that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Right, if you got right. like... Yeah, something that promises to help you with this, and but it can't actually protect against all the occurrences of it. So, I again, someplace where we've ended up going old school and just like you, you check on them a few times and make sure that everything seems to be going okay. And I think we know a lot more about not giving them big fluffy blankets they can put their face down in and things like that too. Putting, putting now, them but- on their back and yeah, all that you uh, you bring up a good point. Um, my son used the owlet, uh, the little sock thing, and it was very hard to get it on his foot uh, or on the baby's foot correctly. And they did get a lot of false positives. And in, at first, terrifying, but then complacency sets in, right? Because you're like, oh, right, I probably right. just kicked off. So what is it doing for you if you don't? And so with the second baby, they switched to a um, the Nanit camera, which uh, looks that you put the baby in a sleep sack, which helps them sleep anyway, but it's got mm-hmm. a pattern on it. And so the camera looks at the pattern and can tell whether they're breathing or not. And they've get, gotten mm-hmm. no false positives from that. And so that's that, very interesting. That's calmer, yeah. you know, because if you're going to yeah, have a like camera, on, in, in, camera on them anyway... Right, because we try the camera thing where you like, well, like it has a couple levels of zoom on our monitor, and we're like, you're like peering closely at it. It's like, can you see? Did his arm just move? Did the chest rise? Can you tell? And like, <laughs> yeah, we still have our moments every evening where like someone will be like, I'm just gonna go upstairs and check, just check, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think a lot of these have a lot to do with the size of your house as well. Yeah, my mm-hmm. my son lived in a very small house and now lives in a giant house. And I mean, it's a seven minute walk to the kid's bedroom. You know, I mean, it's really far. It's up spiral staircases and things. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but it's upstairs. It's really hard. The uh, scooter doesn't riskier. work so well up there. Yeah, yeah. Going down, fine. Going back up, not so good. <laughs> okay, so based on your previous answers, I'm betting that you have a, an app that tracks how much the baby eats, poops, and sleeps, and you have it all recorded. That- that is true. We actually do have that. Uh, that has we've ended up using an app. I believe just called Baby Tracker, which was recommended by a couple of the places that we uh, you know sort of looked around and found other people who liked it. It was very convenient um, to be able to. I mean, sort of the key, biggest thing was to be able to track and share information, so my wife and I can both track stuff, so we don't have to constantly run the other. Be like, when when did you change the diaper? When did you put him to sleep? Um, and so it lets you track um, you know feedings. Um, you know, pee, poop, diaper changes, uh, sleep, all that kind of stuff. We try to be pretty good about it. Sometimes I think we forget to log something, right? Because it's still the fallibility is in your mind and your in your memory, and and it's with sleep deprivation, you never quite remember. Uh, one thing I like about it a lot is it does have an Apple Watch app, and it makes it very easy to do really quick things. So that rather than having to pull out your phone, you can go to your watch and hit like, "Yep, I changed the diaper. It was wet. Done." You know, and so oh, that's okay. really so it's like check boxes, so you're not typing out things. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a, like a little menu and you like hit the multiple choice thing or it has a little, if you're doing feedings, it's got a little dial. You can like adjust to how much, you know, how many ounces did you give them? Um, and then some of the stuff's right a little more simplistic. So if you need to do something more complex, like, oh, they fell asleep like 20 minutes ago, like you might need to go to the phone to do the more detailed stuff. But then it gives you nice charts so you can kind of look at patterns. Uh, you can track other milestone stuff in there. So like we do like the weigh-ins when we go to the doctor and you can put the weight in and see the, you know, the percentiles and all that. So it's, it's handy to be able to keep track of all this information. I like the weight from the doctor. That's, that's nice too. 
And I've heard people who have, my children only started big and got bigger very quickly. Uh, Never had the problem of them getting smaller or losing weight. You know, that's a Mm -hmm. a big issue. And one of the things that people need to do is track, okay, how much did they eat at each meal? And then you can see, are they consuming enough calories? Do we need to change some pattern in order to try to get them to gain weight? That was literally never a problem with my children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our 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 child eats voraciously, so that's not been a problem for us either. Yeah, apparently that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, so I keep saying we worry sometimes that we just like, oh god, he's eating. How much is he eating? They're like, oh well, he's still he's still a little bit below that average percentile. So as long as that's the case, you keep giving him food. Actually, that's that's really funny. Our our grandson is is small. They just moved to Texas, and they keep saying he's small. But you look at him, and he's a total chunker. I mean, he's got the the rubber band elbows mm-hmm. and everything but the problem is i think it's because he's in texas and they just ever they measure everything bigger there that i'm convinced that's what the problem is it's all the ribs they're they're giving them right like yeah exactly exactly all right so um let's see what what about gear that actually does make your life easier to high tech low tech what do you what do you use I think we've been uh, we've been very lucky in or both in terms of having um, a lot of friends who had kids before us and were like passed stuff down or just told us about stuff that they thought was really useful or even in some cases gave us really nice gifts. So I would say um, we have a a baby Bjorn bouncer, which is great. Uh, It's like uh, it's adjustable. It's collapsible. It's got like soft fabric in it. It's basically a little chair they can sit in and you can have it adjust at different heights. And it's just a convenient place like that's safe and soft to put down a baby. Baby, when sometimes you're just like, I need a place to <laughs> just yeah. need to put the baby I have to down. Set for this a down. <laughs> I have to set this down. You can't put them anywhere, as it turns out. Um, so it's frowned upon. So and it, it collapses up. So we've taken it to like my parents' house sometimes when we were you know like going over there for the day. Um, and it's very easy to move around. It's very lightweight. So we use that a bunch, which is really nice. It's very low tech. It's literally like a. Is this like, like the bent wire. triangle? Yeah. The, yeah. The exactly. Bent wire and it's got a sling in it. It's so it's it is so simple and yet. It is so, I was going to say expensive, uh, but yeah. There but it had to be baby uh, Bjorn, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it was our, our friends gave one to us saying like, we love this. It made a huge deal with our kid. And we're like, well, we'll take it. You know, we're, yeah, yeah, we're not going to gift horse in them out there. I, I think that's, um, a, so that's, that's a great that's one, one because sure. it, it's lasted the test of time. Those have been around forever. You can kick exactly. it with your foot and bounce the baby when they start wailing and stuff. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> Similarly, um, we have a really great uh, Fisher Price playmat where you can like lie them down, and then they have like uh, you know some toys overhead where they can like kind of bat at and later on like teeth and other things. And it's got the one I think it's one of the only things that we have that's uh, electronic because it's got like a piano that they can kick. First of all, oh, and, like, I love like, that piano. Yeah, yeah, it's got like. Boy, I will tell you, you will still be singing some of the songs it plays. <laughs> Weeks, well, if you're lucky, days, they, I have there's later. little switches that go like one, two, three. So as they get yes. older, the, at least the song gets more complex than green, green, yes, green, yeah, green, right. green, green, whole, green, like, green. Pop, there's kidding. like a pop album on it, essentially. Like I swear, and they're very catchy songs. My wife and I will be like humming, like, "What was that song? Oh, that was from the piano." You know, like, <laughs> Um, so that one was really good. And then I'm trying to remember, we have this really great rattle that a friend gave, uh, recommended to us because we saw him entertaining his, one of his kids who's just a few months older than ours. And oh, man, I'm going to have to see if I can find it on my Amazon thing. Um, but it, uh, it's a rattle. It has like a mirror, like, you know, mirror on the bottom. And then it has a face on the top. That's like a very simple, like a smiley face. And it has an LED in it. And when you 
shake it, the LED cycles through red, green, blue, and it just changes color, you know, at the top. And the kid loves it because every time it changes color, they're like, oh my God, <laughs> that was red. <laughs> now it's green. What's happening? You know, and the simplicity of it was just so sort of delightful. This gets back to the child's uh, lack of uh, or object permanence. So the mm-hmm, fact that it mm-hmm. changes, it's like, the head exploded. Was, That's all bl- new. Bl- blew their mind. So um, yeah, I'll have to see if I can figure out what the uh, what the name of that one was. It's escaping me at the moment, but uh, it has ended up being quite the hit in recent in recent weeks. So that is definitely one that has made life easier. Even if that only lasts a couple of weeks, right? Take it. Sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> now, it seems to me that uh, car seats are just getting harder and more complicated. They don't, mm, they don't seem to be getting, making, I mean, they're making the baby safer, which is the, the point, but they seem to be, you know, the five point harness and pulling it up to their neck and the press the button that, that it, for people who don't have a recent child, I've just learned that uh, uh, you put the kid in and you tighten all the straps up, but then when you take the baby out, you need to press a button to loosen the straps so that when you go to put the baby back in, it's not all cinched up because you can't get them back in if you leave it. It's like you can take your shoes off with them tied, but you can't get your foot back in. Yeah. Is that a Without good description? Without ruining your shoe usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I think we ended up with, this is one of many places where I turned to uh, the wire cutter over the New York Times because mm. they do comprehensive reviews of a lot of kids stuff. Um, and so I did that for the car seat. We ended up with a uh, Chico KeyFit 30, I think. Um, and just basically a good combination of price and uh, features. It is still complex, but not too bad. I mean, they've um, one thing that's improved a lot in the last couple decades is the uh, most cars have these uh, latch system anchors, right? Where it essentially has like specialized type of seat, ball, seat belts where you you know pull these things out and like latch them into the seat. The cars themselves have these little bars that are embedded in the seat, so you don't have to fiddle generally with belts and trying to how do i weave this belt through the base of the the car seat or whatever because um, you're always still wrong. an issue whatever you chose yes, to do exactly. those straps you're doing no it that was wrong. incorrect <laughs> yeah i i did do uh take my car seat to get inspected uh, when i first installed it and discovered i had done it totally wrong so oh, that was great, great. <laughs> um but it was a relatively easy fix um, I just put it in a place where it wasn't so. It, it didn't work in the middle seat of my the back oh. of my car, as it turned out. It had to go on one side or the other, and that's it's fine. Everything's been okay since then. But it's been nice. Like even on the one occasion, I had to take it out so that we could fit something else in the car. It was pretty easy to put back and not feel like okay, I've totally. If I take this out, I'll never yeah, figure out how back. to put it back in again. <laughs> um, I, I don't so, yeah, so why they good. don't let him go in the center. So my son has a, a um, Honda. I'm going to go Passport. I think it is whatever the big one, mm-hmm. the big SUV mm-hmm. that they make is. And in order for me to ride in the car with he, him and his two children in car seats, I have to go in through the front seat. Well, this is somebody else's in the front seat. He doesn't just make me sit in the back. But I have to go through the front seat, climb over the armrest, and 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 like fold myself butt backwards to slide into the seat because I can't fit between the car seats and the uh, front seats. Mm-hmm. This is a big truck, you know? It's I mean, it's not yeah. the hugest yeah. truck, but... If it was in, if they could, one of them be in the center, you could slide in. Yeah, I I gather there's some safety issues. I guess some cars may support it and others may not. I think it really depends where the latch latches yeah. are for attaching them. But yeah, it is it is annoying. We were like, I mean, we originally I like the idea of having them in the center so you could see them more easily and everything. But 
Yep. So such is life. That's not the way it is. Yeah. And and life is what you're hoping for. You would like that yes, to continue. Right. <laughs> yes. It's plus. What about uh, stroller tech? Stro- now, strollers are getting better, except Ooh, there's still yeah. some you can't fold up. Or yeah, I don't know. You can unfold them, but not, you can't fold them back up. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go that direction personally because I feel like that's, yeah, it's, it's madness. Uh, we <laughs> end up with a very nice, um, the uh, the Upper Baby Cruise V2. Uh, 2.0, I don't know. Uh, but it's a um, it's not quite the top of the line. Uh, we actually very savvily managed to buy a floor model, which was nice, and even ended up being in the color we wanted, which was nice. Um, but what I this was it was well regarded. I think what's nice about it is that it fold it does fold up. Um, it does require two hands. I've seen some that, that you can do one handed, which are you know very convenient if you want to take them say on and off a subway or a bus or something like that. Um, but ours folds up very nicely and fits in the back of our car, which is nice. Our car is not very big, um, but it's it's just a very like well made, elegant stroller. It's got nice controls that are like you know if you want to adjust something like the length of the handle, it's very easy to do one handed. Um, huh. It has a bunch of other like adjustments you can put on the seat front facing or back facing. It can tilt. Uh, and then we actually ended up investing separately in a bassinet that could just swap onto it. Oh, um, okay. So for a so bigger kid, handy. it can sit, they can sit up in it, but with yeah. a bassinet, you just pop that in and you're not waking the kid up in, now is exactly. that taking him out of the car seat and into there or? And, and we also got like a, a, basically for like 40 or 50 bucks, an adapter that lets us put our car seat onto the stroller instead of the seat, which is also super convenient. Cause sometimes you're just like, I don't want to pack all this extra stuff. We're just going to the store or something. And it's just like a little bracket that goes on and it clicks on and then the car seat clicks into that. And then well, not to mention to go, you don't wake the nice. baby up potentially. Exactly. A chance. Exactly. Never wake the baby. That's the rule. <laughs> so that was, that was really handy. It's so very versatile and like you can get a whole bunch of, if you want to get other add-ons to them or something like that, you can get, you know, a bug shield or a rain shield or what have you. But it's, it's really nicely designed, I think, is one of the things I've really appreciated about it. Um, like, for example, in, in the bassinet, you can like unzip part of it and like fold it up and it's got like a little mesh screen to bring some airflow in, but it magnets like you can fold it up and it like magnets on the top, which is just again, like a nice, a nice little uh, tweak, you know, and as people who are, you know, fans of Apple and always appreciate good design, I, it's always a pleasure to use something that feels like it's been thought through and not like, oh God, why does this, why does this thing hate parents? <laughs> <laughs> I recently used a, a stroller that had magnets, like what you're talking about to hold the vent open. It was, it was life-changing. I mean, that was, yeah. Absolutely. before it was like you roll it up and then do a Velcro strap. Maybe it stays. That didn't, like, yeah. 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 It, yeah. The wind just flaps it right back down. Uh, cup holders? It does have one that you add on, which I put in, and then both my wife and I have independently realized, it, it, it tells you, don't use this for hot beverages, and we're like, ah, I'll be fine, and after several times where we, like, spilled hot beverages, not on the baby, but on, like, the rest of the store, like, okay, I, yeah, they might be onto something with the no hot beverages here. <laughs> It's funny that they do know this stuff, right? The thing I like yeah, about a stroller yeah. is it's a place to put my purse to hold all the, the stuff. Yeah, so, you know. that was a, a big deal with this one too, is actually uh, the basket underneath is extremely roomy, like to the point where we'll take it shopping and just put all the, the groceries in the bottom. Ah, and it's great. Nice. Like So that's it's nice to have that as an option. And I guess the one thing that we didn't go up one model for was the one that's just above this has a... Um, the ability to expand for a second seat. So if you have two kids, you can pop on a second seat to it. Um, but I think you can also get, I don't know if it's 
third party or or first party, but I think you can get a running board too for like a kid to stand <laughs> on the back if there's. Which just sounds cool. I don't know. I, oh yeah, that would be fun. Dan's like, well, what's the weight limit on that? <laughs> <laughs> Wee. Oh, I like it. Okay, how about uh, bottle warmers? Here is my number one top parenting tip. You can ignore every other parenting tip I have because most of them are useless. Uh, a friend told us this. They're like, oh, when we had our kid, we just fed him every time formula st- straight from the fridge. Yeah. He didn't care. And so we we're like, oh, we should do that. So we have done that since day one, which is just like we have a car- – We actually, a- one thing that's really great is that we have a – Craft. There's a company. I believe this one is made by a company called Munchkin, uh, and essentially they make what looks almost like a French press for uh, for making formula. And so, rather than making a bottle of formula at a time, which feels ridiculous, you have this thing. It's like a big plastic jug, and you pour all the water, like 24, 25 ounces of water in it. You measure out the formula, and then it's got like a plunger that mixes it, and then you just leave it. It's like a little pitcher, and you leave it in the fridge. And then when he, you know, when he wants a bottle, you grab an empty bottle and you pour it and then you're done and that's great and it's we've gone always straight from the fridge and he has literally never complained because he doesn't know anything else (laughs) so if you don't get him used to a nice warm bottle and warm formula they will be fine it doesn't matter (laughs) that's the way i always looked at the noise machine stuff is if they never knew they could sleep with noise then they might not need to sleep with noise it's yeah, this is definitely true. As somebody who now as an adult loves sleeping with white noise. I did not actually have a noise machine as a kid, but I always noticed as a kid when I, I would sleep better on nights when it was like hot and I had a fan in the window mm. and it would just conk I would conk out. And so even now when I got to that point of realizing like, oh, I could just run a fan all the time and sleep better, uh, that ended up being a huge boon for me. So I don't know. I guess it may or may not matter uh, what you were trained with. It may be, I don't know if it's a nature versus nurture question. <laughs> I think it's like if you uh, if no one ever gave you a second pillow, you're fine with one pillow. Right. But if anybody yes, ever let exactly. you have two pillows, now you're that annoying house guest who has <laughs> to have two I pillows. Need two pi- I, I always, have to have two pillows. I always need two pillows. It's true. <laughs> How about uh, fancy, to. I've seen these uh, fancy uh, bottle sterilizers. Yeah, I've seen those too. I've never, I, I, there is some convenience to it, I am sure. Um, I've sterilized bottles, you know, when I first got the bottles, we sterilized them in, um, our dishwasher, I think had a sterilized setting. And I've also done the literally boil a giant pot of water and throw stuff in for five minutes, um, which is low tech, but it works. I don't do it every time. I just do it. And then usually we just wash them because... It's washing them. You wash the bottles. You know. Yeah, I, I, I think that time. I sort of feel that one fits in the Amazon selling you security cameras to make you afraid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. are they more susceptible to little bits of bacteria than we are? Or are you maybe helping their immune system get used to things if you just wash it the way you do your own? I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I wash it. We we do use a a separate sponge. Like that's the biggest tech we have. Like we use a separate like sponge to wash stuff that we, we use from washing our own food stuff. Right. Some of that's just convenience for like then it lasts longer and we don't have to like get the sponge all cruddy. But uh, I mean, I so far it has not caused any serious issues. So I think that probably it's great to sterilize the stuff for the first time, maybe before you use it, um, and then after that we've just been washing stuff unless it really gets you know, down in the mire or something, and maybe I'd throw it back in a pot of water. I uh, 
my son turned me on to a um, a bottle or a regular brush, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for for doing inside of a bottle. Uh, but then, yes, if yes. you unwind the handle, it's got a little yeah. tiny brush inside. That's the. I think that's probably the one we have. Actually, the is an OXO one, maybe. But like, yeah, it's similar. We have a brush and like, yeah, a bottle brush that we'll use sometimes for washing stuff. And then on the inside, yeah, you just unscrew the handle. It's got a little detail thing. I'll use that for scrubbing the nipples for the bottles sometimes. But yeah, that's the high tech solution, right? (laughs) Super high tech. I mean, honestly, it is one of the most annoying parts. And if I could have a gadget where I just threw everything in and it cleaned it for me, like, like basically a dishwasher, but just for bottles, that would be, I would consider it, but it's probably more. Uh, <laughs> I think a little I, bit more than I need. I think the problem with them, those kinds of things to me is that they take up so much space. My yeah, son and daughter-in-law yeah. had one. And, and I mean, the thing was, you know, like like two feet by two feet, you know, it's a, maybe not that big, but that's what it felt like. It was it's this big. massive piece of, you know, it's like yeah. having a, a, a rice cooker on your counter, which is, is worth it because you get rice, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. But I don't even for Okay, I found the brush. In, yeah, everything adds up. This one's only ten dollars. It's from Amazer. Okay, yeah. Not I will say we have one by Oxo, Oxo, which is you know well known. But like, yeah, yeah. I it, it's good too. Like, I mean, anything that uh, I love has me the convenience, uh, they do make good stuff. Again, fine design. Sometimes that's just what you want. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, how about thermometers? Yeah. Any um, high tech there. So sort of like one of the things I did invest in early on, and I think this is something probably a lot of people did during the pandemic too, was buying a infrared non-contact thermometer, which is fine if you're, you know, an adult, but as it turns out is not always accurate on babies. So I've started using that sometimes as like a, like a, like a triage thing almost. Like sometimes I'll like, you know, zap them with a little thermometer and be like, it's probably fine, right? Like, right. unless if it's if it seems like all right, nah, that that one's a little iffy, then we'll go to the good old fashioned rectal thermometer, which is a thing that boy, that is my least fa- favorite thing to have to do because the kids don't like it. At least our kid doesn't like it. Um, and for that, I just went with a, a well recommended um, Vix one. Uh, I actually bought a second one. I had one of those already from just like having a thermometer around the house. Um, and I was like, well, I'll buy a separate one and keep that just for the kid. <laughs> um, and that one also works. What's nice about it is you can use it in uh, like a, a, an armpit or it can be used as an oral thermometer and you can get sleeves that it goes into for other purposes if you don't want to say mix it up and use it for other things it has <laughs> protective say. sleeves you can get yeah, but it's you- nice because it like has a super easy screen to read and it lights up different colors depending on what the temperature is so it like you know be yellow if it's like 9900 if it starts going over that it turns red so it's like easy to like quickly oh. get a gauge so for you're it. not reading mercury no, yes. Now, I believe mercury thermometers heavily frowned upon at this point. You know, my uh, as I will say, used to bring mercury home for us to play with when I was a child. We would roll it around in our hands and stuff. I have heard the stories about that. It's not great for you, but no, I no. do remember my my high school biology teacher on like the third day of of class was like said we're doing a lab with thermometers. He's like, this is very important. These are mercury thermometers. Do not break these. And as she said it, literally, it got smashed on the table. And she was like, uh, all right. So now we have to clean this up. Oh no! So, so you basically had a hazardous waste spill. 
yeah, yep, yep. Era my, that that stuck with me twenty uh, some years later. My material science professor was doing some work with mercury that he had in a glass tube, and the tube broke and cut his mm. hand and poured oh, no. mer- mercury into the wound, and so he was like super sensitive to it. Uh, y- you know how. Um, Grapefruit juice comes in a like a, a tin can with a with a solder joint. There's there's mm. uh, there was certain metals in that the solder joint that he had to make sure that that solder joint was never where your lips go. Like that's how sensitive it was wow. he'd get sick immediately if he if he drank wrong from one of those. So uh, <sighs> yeah, yeah, avoid that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link to the Vix thermometer, which is not necessarily a rectal thermometer, but since he probably can't. Do it under his tiny just yet? Yeah, you can't. I think we've just graduated to the point where you can do it in there in his armpit instead, which is okay. I tell you, makes makes life easier. You're happy about that. (laughs) Everyone's happier about that. You know, there's there's a whole series of things I talked to my my set about the the little stepping stones that matter more than almost anything. And to me, one of the mm-hmm. greatest ones was then they, when the baby figures out to straighten their arm when you're putting on a piece of clothing. Oh yeah, it cuts the time Not there down yet. by a quarter. Boy, you know, I can see that. It's I can see day. why that would be really nice. You, you have to make sure you uh, you send me a note when that happens for the first time because you'd be like, oh wow, this is going to be a time saver. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what I want. He's very excited that his daughter figured out how to clear her throat. Because she'd be talking <laughs> with this, you know, kind of gravelly voice, and they'd be going, <clears throat> trying to get her to clear her throat, and she wouldn't do it. Now, she finally knows how to do it, and they're so happy. Oh, okay. Waiting for the kid to be able to understand the concept of blowing his nose. Ooh, there that, you go. Whew, little things that you don't think about, right? <laughs> Second nature to everyone. And yet you have to learn to do it at some point. <laughs> I guess so. You know, I didn't put it in the list of the classic snot sucker, right? That seems to be I, a baby thing. We do have a snot sucker. It's true. Uh, yeah. Your babies like that a lot too. <sighs> yeah, they really. They're, it's the, between that and they, they tell you to put in like a little bit of saline beforehand to kind of loosen it up. And like, boy, uh, the combination of those two things, not great. Really looking forward to the invariable. I'm going to at some point have to give this baby a COVID test. Oh, <laughs> that's going to be a party. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's awful. Well, hopefully, hopefully not. Uh, what, yes, let's hope and avoid that. Where do you, where do you fall on photo sharing? Uh, yeah, this is a really interesting dilemma that I sort of came across because I wasn't sure. I like, I mean, you, you may notice as we've gone through this entire conversation, I have not mentioned my baby's name. I'm part of that. It's just because like, it's weird being a even semi public figure and having all your information out there. And it's like, I know anybody who really wanted to pry into my life could probably figure it out. But I also feel like, well, I'm not going to make it easier for anybody. And the same thing comes when it comes like sharing your kids photos, because it's like, well, he's too young to have the ability to give consent, right? To like see Mm -hmm. his picture online, obviously. Um, And so, and I don't want to splash his picture everywhere, both for my privacy and his privacy and all of that. So I've taken a couple things, which is if I do post stuff on a public forum like Twitter or Instagram, uh, my good pal Casey Liss makes an app called Masquerade, which lets you just drop emoji over faces in photos. So I've used that a bunch um, because it's really handy in terms of just being able to like, well, I want to post this picture, but I'm going to just like, you can like 
drop a little emoji and do it, resize it and drag it around and place it. And so it lets you sort of get the uh, fun of posting photos, but without having to compromise privacy. So I'll do that for Instagram or Twitter or something like that. However, uh, this was a bit of a dilemma when it came to, well, we still want to share our photos with our family. And so uh, I, and I mean, neither my wife or I are avid Facebook users. And some of I mean, my mother doesn't even have a Facebook account. So that wasn't really going to be a, a place to do it. And so what we actually landed upon was a good old fashioned shared album in uh, photos on iOS. And so you can create an album and you can invite other people to it. And people can write comments or leave little thumbs up likes and stuff like that. And so both of our uh, sets of parents are on that. And some of our uh, extended family as well are also uh, in there. And so basically we post pictures to there, you know, every day or so we post something and it, you know, pops up on their screens. They get a notification that there's a new photo in the album and then they write comments and we get notifications about their comments. It's actually pretty great. Uh, I have to say, Mm. I've really enjoyed that. It works really well. If I had like, criticisms for apple since i don't think they really necessarily designed it for this and i know they have a bunch of different photo sharing stuff happening um i'd love it if there were more options for like like stuff rather than just like a little thumbs up thing like kind of want the tap backs from like you know messages or something yeah at least um, a laugh and, or something or yeah exactly a little more exactly. Nuance. a little more versatility yeah and then um I think my wife and I noticed both like we get notifications on stuff we post to the stream. So if I post a photo or she posts a photo, we each get individual notifications if we post it. But if she posts a photo, I don't see comments necessarily. Like oh. I don't get notifications about comments that respond to her photos. So it's like, yeah. well, it'd be nice if we could kind of have like a joint sharing of that account. But I, I wonder if shared photo library will help with I, that. I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. I'm I'm using well, as we record this, the the full release isn't out yet, but the um I've been using the beta for that just as a test. Um and I'm kind of curious because when when it's the final comes out, I'll probably have my wife in the shared library, but I don't mm-hmm. know if we'll extend that part to the rest of the family as well. I'm kind of well, curious yeah, to see you how really it works for the two of us. Because well, first of all, I think it's only, is it five people or five other people? So a total of six. Six people but total. But they, they don't have be to in, be in your family. They don't, but they can't be yeah. in another shared uh, library. So like my son and mm. daughter-in-law would be fun to be shared with, but then they couldn't with her parents. Right. Yeah, So exactly. you pretty much so have is, to go as nuclear, uh, you know, nuclear right. family. And that's, and that's where it. the, sh- as one place where the shared album is super handy because you can invite like, yeah, I looked at some point because I was curious. And it's like you can invite like a hundred people to it. I was like, well, I'm not. Let's not get crazy here. But <laughs> well, another thing, if you have a family that isn't all um, iOS and Mac people, I mean, I don't mm. understand those people, but I've heard about it. Uh, you can, and this does open it up a little bit. You can create a link to the album, and people can see it from the web. Yes. Now, yep, it's which is also nice. Just obfuscation, but you know, we aren't talking about nuclear secrets here. We're just talking about maybe not splattering the baby's picture everywhere. Yeah, no, that is super handy. Fortunately, I'm very lucky in that everybody we're sharing it with does have Apple devices. So that's been made what part of what's made it so convenient is just like literally it's like, ah, oh, here, invite, send you a text, and then they just have access to all of it. So the the grandparents have loved it. Yeah. Is it one giant stream? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's just uh, like, uh, yeah, every time you just put in a little photo and it pops up the top there. Little and it's Bucky, nice because you little, can go into Bucky's the... Little photo album? 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you can, I, I do like it because I can go in and I think even on the activity like view, I can see like what people are commenting on. Even if I don't always get a notification, I can at least see like other people liked something, which is nice. Yeah, that so is cool. That's, so been, that's been great. Any kind of uh, those picture frames, digital picture frames, anything ah. like that? I do currently have, actually, I should do that. My, my wife was just asking about this because she goes back to work soon. And she's like, oh, I'd love to have something like that in my office. And it's like, currently, what I have is um, over on my desk, just out of view here, I have an older um, Google Nest Hub, the like smart assistive speaker that has a screen. And I use that, oh, I stopped using it as a like a smart home voice assistant. Um, I eventually just set it to say cycle through um, a Google Drive photo of photos, which happened to be all photos from our wedding. And so it just okay. does that regularly. But I was like, oh, well, I could just add pictures from, you know, of him as well. But it would be nice if there was a... to Google. <laughs> which I don't love. And it's like, well, is there a better way for me to do that? Like, I guess I could repurpose an old iPad maybe. Like, I was just trying to think through like... That's an idea. Because that's the other thing is like, if I do it on Google, then I have to somehow keep moving photos there because it won't have the most current photos unless I manually upload them. So I need to find a better solution that's why I'm, I'm open to suggestions on this one because i do think there's probably a better way to do it if you want to keep it with the old school method you've been doing uh maybe you just get one that has an sd card you swap it out every once in a while you yeah know, once that, a week that you, could work you load it up yeah yeah i just feel like there should be a better apple should make a dig- no they're not going to do that but <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it, i mean even an old iphone not yeah had, i i iPad think our mini. we do have yeah, we do have an old uh, iPad, like just a standard. I think it's like an iPad Air two or something sitting around. Maybe that, maybe that would do the trick. But yeah, I guess yeah. you have to like set it up to like, I don't know. You have to set it up to not go to sleep or something. I don't know. I'll, I'd have to look into it and see what the best way to do that is. But it might be the most cost effective option since we already have the device. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, my son uses uh, my original iPad Pro, twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, and my second twelve point nine inch iPad Pro as his baby monitors when he's at home. Mm. When he's not using the uh, the uh, low tech infrared one or low tech RF one, so it's it's kind of nice because they do have a lot of fidelity on the on the image on that. But that I was, does I was work really nice. Pleased to see screen. a twenty. Could it be a twenty seventeen? Is that right? Yeah, I think it was a twenty seventeen and a twenty twenty who can't remember what the second one was so i can i know one of them doesn't have the flat sides yeah right it's an older model yeah yeah but that makes a nice big one but even an ipad mini would be a would be a nice one not a not a facebook show or one of those right hard pass hard pass on that one <laughs> exactly well this has been really fun i like to see uh hear about the old school methods being uh, some of the some of the best even though you refuse to use a mercury thermometer like that was good <laughs> enough for me in my day i um, know but i want i want to have you plug your books you are a prolific author now you have a whole series right I do have a whole series, uh, prolific. That's a that's a nice way of describing it. Yeah, I'm the uh, author of the Galactic Cold War series, um, which comprises. Now I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit here. Technically, four books. Um, the first one, the Caledonian Gambit, come came out from a different publisher than the rest of the series, but it's still kind of uh, I treat it as like a book zero, a prequel, if you like. You can start with that one, or you can start with the Baron Agenda, which is the first book in the Galactic Cold War series proper. Um, that was followed by the Aleph Extraction, and most recently, just this past July, almost uh, just about three months ago, as we're speaking, uh, the Nova Incident came out. Uh, this is my 
sort of uh, science fiction spy adventure series, uh, Spies in Space, you might say. Um, if you're a fan of um, Mission Impossible or stuff like that, I think you'd, you'd probably get a kick out of it. It's fun. It's humorous, I've been told. Um, and <laughs> Did you intend it to be humorous? <laughs> <laughs> even better. Even better. It was intended to be so. Um, but yeah, that's that's my series. You can find all about it at uh, dmorn.com. And you can find it at basically any bookstore that you might frequent, whether it's Amazon or your local independent bookstore, which I always advocate you to frequent. Um, go to uh, IndieBound, I-N-D-I-E, bound.org, which is a great search engine for uh, local bookstores near you. Um, and uh, they often do like sort of partnerships and stuff. It's very easy to like find uh, books uh, online, even in some cases, even order online from your local bookstore. So. Very cool. I did want to ask you, did you get the book done three months ago because you knew it by the time the baby got here, you were never getting anything done? Well, I mean, the lag time of publishing is such that it was done like last year and that oh. was just ha- when it happened to be coming out. But it did happen to come out literally, I think, five days after the baby was born. Oh, wow. So I was doing like publicity at the same oh, time. And that geez. was just a, I don't honestly remember much <laughs> of that <laughs> week. It's kind of a blur. <laughs> So see sleep deprived earlier? Yes, exactly. So uh, yeah, it's possible I wrote some blog posts during that time, but it's un- unclear. Maybe I might've been on some podcasts. I don't really remember. <laughs> well, I've kept you uh, from uh, the baby and from your family long enough. And I- I'm very proud of you for not nodding off. And uh, if people want to follow you online, obviously they can go to com. But on Twitter, you would be? At D Morin. I'm D Morin basically everywhere. So I'm very, I'm very easy that way. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. This was a barrel of fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was a delight. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported, it's supported by you. If you learned something or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSillaCastaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSilla castaways. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.